everybody. Welcome to the 1% podcast. And we have a man that's on that's um, definitely changed my life. So Kieran, like, please introduce yourself. Who are you? What do you do? And we'll jump into this. Yeah, sure. So uh, I'm Kieran. I'm a men's performance coach and founder of Total Men's Performance. So what we do is really simple. We help high performers feel less like shit give them an emotional resilience playbook to work through tough emotions and we help them hit peak performance and all of that is around managing negative emotion uh, smashing through limiting self-beliefs and also peak performance so looking at how can we optimize the way that we think uh, in order to optimize our behaviors and ultimately get shit done yeah and i think do you know what the nice thing is because obviously when i was quite vocal about i'm actually seeing you things like that and I think a lot of the time what people get confused of, I'm like, you're not, you're not a counsellor, if that makes sense. Because I think people are like, I need to speak to someone like counselling, right? So the big defining factor with you is that actually, it's kind of like you, like you said before, you sit in the middle, don't you? Between kind of like, you're not that life coach. It's like, yeah, you can achieve anything. I'm like, all right, let's just think smart. Like, come on guys, sort of thing. But you're also not that thinking like doom and gloom. So you do sit like in the middle, don't you sort of thing? That's right. So there's essentially two halves to what I do. So if you look at TMP, we've got a line underneath our logo and half of it is red, half of it's blue. And one, the red part is very much protection state. So I actually am a qualified NLP practitioner and a cognitive hypnotherapist. So on the, th on the therapy side of things, there is a little bit going on there, but you kind of get two types of coaches or two types of therapists. One are very much problem focused. Everything sucks. Focus on the problem just talk about what's going wrong and, and when you really need to double down on that but they don't really focus on okay well if you didn't feel bad what would good look like and then you've got the other half which is like the life coach or the solution focused positive therapy guys and they're just like everything's amazing uh, positive affirmations everything's going to be great don't worry um anything's bad you just kind of need to forget about it because everything's awesome so i kind of sit in the middle insofar as when I have someone come to me, I have understand, okay, is there any negative emotions getting in the room? For example, it might be anxiety, it might be stress, it might be insecurity, it might be guilt, shame, anger, sadness, whatever. If any of that's there, then we put on that more of the, it's not counseling as such, but more of the therapy hat. So, okay, what can we unlock? What is the self-limiting belief? What is the memory that's causing this? And just bring down that emotional load. Because once you take that away, then it becomes a lot easier to deal with whether it's just general productivity, dealing with other people, having that confidence, that calmness, that clarity to go out and, and do what you like. Sometimes I get somebody come in and it's literally just peak performance stuff. They've already done that emotional work. They've already cracked through all of that. They've either worked through it themselves or with a therapist or with a coach. And for them, that's where we look at the blue half, which is very much about thriving and peak performance. And that is really just getting them in touch more with flow state peak state lifestyle design how can we set their life up so they're experiencing much as much joy confidence clarity um and essentially just cutting out all of the noise and for those guys it tends to be the one to two percent changes if you look at that if we think of this as a continuum the further down the red scale the bigger the change you can make very 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 fast and it's the same with anything you go into training you start a new if you've never been to the gym before you get insta gains and you start, you start getting a pump for the first time. You're like, wow, I feel amazing. This is, this is great. This is going to be nonstop. But as you start going further along down the journey, instead of it being that 20%, it comes down to that 18%, 15%, 10%. 
0.86 to 1% gains, if that makes sense. So I actually use the analogy of training in the gym and training your mind are actually very, very, very similar. And it's often the one place that is most overlooked. No, hugely. And it's the nice, that's that's literally kind of like the, the main reason that I actually, obviously I know a bunch of people that were working with you before and things like that. And even talking to you that it's very much, it was very much performance-based. And that was the nice thing about it is that actually like, I wouldn't say I was broken, <laughs> but actually I'm like, I just want to function better and be better in myself. So what's kind of like, I guess maybe like, because how long has TMP been going for now? Uh, so we got up to our first birthday now in terms of TMP in its, in the company format, in terms of my coaching, we're doing it for two and a half years. Um, so we're, yeah, we're coming up to our first birthday, starting to grow, starting to hire hey. another coach got uh dr kate blackford so she's got a phd in organizational psychology and she specializes in ptsd anxiety for women so it's amazing to have her on the team we've got carly we're starting to grow fast faster than expected yeah um, yeah mate happy birthday number one um but what's what do you think's obviously over this let's say this year what do you think's the most the most common thing that's popping up in clients or what you're maybe seeing in day-to-day -day life what's the the biggest struggles you think that people are facing on a day-to-day -day basis yeah for sure so i think at the moment there is a lot of anxiety going on a lot because <clears throat> if we think about anxiety and depression depression is very much in the past anxiety is very much in the future and if you think about when you're happy and experiencing joy typically you're pretty present you're pretty like you might just be in the gym you might just be sitting down on the beach you might be chilling out whatever it is so a lot of people are uncertain about the future. Naturally, with if we look at the global, the global context, countries are opening, countries are shutting, uh, same with countries, everything's all shifting. Um, people are now reintegrating back into society, back in the UK. So that's a big change. Like, oh my God, everyone looks different. Some people are, physically look a little bit different. So they feel a little bit insecure. Some people just haven't socialized and they're like, oh my God, what do we do? introverts have actually loved the lockdown they've been like great and i have to speak to anyone i can kind of just stay in my little box jump on zoom for a little bit and out i go whereas they're now being pushed out of that and having to go meet people again yeah. so there's a lot of anxiety going on at the moment um, and i think that's mainly dealing with change because when so we're not built for change really if we think about our hardware our bodies and our software this has taken, depending on who you believe, some people think it's a couple of million years, some people think it's a few hundred thousand years, whatever you, however you spin it. Our environments have changed, our the ways of life have changed more in the last year, two years, five years, 10 years. They keep going through this evolution. So um, we're not built for that. We're built for staying in a little tribe and don't eat those berries that you've never eaten before because they might be poisonous and don't go out to that part of the jungle unless you've got a big group with you just in case you just don't know what's in there yet um we're built for that sameness so when all of this change comes in our bodies and our minds are running on really old hardware and software so we get all of this change and we're like we're not fighting saber tooth tigers anymore maybe we're going to a new job or maybe uh there's a business decision that we need to make or even just going down the pub for the first time in however many months that is all change. So our bodies and our minds respond like that. And like, oh my God, ah, change. Ah. And it's natural and it's okay to feel that. But most people feel like everybody else don't have these feelings and they're the only ones that experience this. Uh, they also feel like they shouldn't have them or they also often feel ashamed or they build themselves up or the 
the almost loop is people get anxious about being anxious. They're like, well, am I anxious or not? Oh, now I am anxious, but I don't know whether it's anxiety because of this or whether I'm just anxious about being anxious. And it kind of goes round and round and round. And round. Yeah. So that's the thing I've been struggling with. Uh, not struggling with, that's what I've been dealing with the most. I'm seeing a lot in, in clients. Um, a lot of phobias have come up because of this COVID thing. A lot of people are worried about yeah, like touching things. I'm like, oh god, what if what if I go on the tube and I get it? You yeah. know, like that's been a thing that's that's been coming up a lot. Um, and really, my job is to put boxes around this stuff because people say oh, I'm anxious all the time. I mean, really? Are you anxious when you're, I don't know, when you're when you're playing with your kids? No, obviously not. Okay, so you're not anxious all the time. I'm like, okay, maybe I'm not. And then you kind of like just chunk it down. It's like, okay, well, when when does it come up? And where do you feel this feeling? Where do you experience your your anxiety or whatever and just by putting boxes around it and making someone aware of it that's half the battle because they're like oh okay it's normal to feel these feelings and actually it's okay to feel like this and it's not just me that feels like this wow okay that takes the pressure down and then we understand okay well where does that feeling come from when we're younger because often these root cause emotions come back to moments when we were young and even you experienced them in your coaching there was a particular moment that triggered a lot of anxiety um, so going back to that and understanding, okay, well, what's the lesson that that inner you needs to learn from when you were younger in order to let go of that? Yeah. And, it's, and it's a rabbit hole and your mind just gets blown. You're like, oh my God, okay, well, what about this? And what about this? And what does it mean? And ultimately by just bringing down that negative emotion, we're not trying to delete it because it's useful. We want to keep it because if you should be nervous about something, then if you walk in there with your eyes not completely open, you, you're going to come unstuck. So it's not about denying these emotions it's not about getting rid of them it's about understanding them and then being able to manage them so it doesn't impact yourself as a person impact what it is often ambitious humans are trying to do big stuff so you're going to feel the same emotions just in different contexts so it's okay but when that an anxiety feeling comes up what's my playbook how do i run with that how do i do with that same with uh, guilt and shames and anger so many different things that get in our own way once we start to shift them and manage them better and I've seen, I've seen people double their business in literally in the space of three months just because they've been able to manage their emotions better. Self-limiting beliefs: I'm not good enough. I can't do this. I'm not worthy. You start shifting that. Everybody's behaviors change, and then their capabilities change, and everything starts to shift. But often it just starts with, <clears throat> why am I feeling like this, or why is this popping up, or what is this mental block all about? I think that was the nicest thing that I loved about you as well, because I think when a lot of people know that they're, I'm not going to say they're not kind of like, they're not, they're not they're like they're broken sort of thing. They know something's wrong. They know they need help sort of thing. And I think everyone assumes there's a fix. Like I, I can fix this. And then the nicest thing that I loved about you is that actually we're not trying to fix it because it's actually going to be with you all the time. Like you're going to have anxiety at times. That's absolutely normal. So it's like giving you the tools in order to actually like, right, you can see it coming and now we can push it away sort of thing. And that's what I really liked. It was that like, I think we like, we can just use me as a case study to be honest is, um, so it's like, I came to you. I, I think the, the nicest thing was like, when I did that initial questionnaire, it was like the biggest thing that hit me was like, how much do you, I think it was how much do you like yourself or love yourself? And I remember putting like, you know, when you have that moment, you put, I put six out of 10. And you know, when you like put that and you're like, you're like, fuck, is that it? Like, do I think that little of myself? And it, do you know what the best thing is? I was like, fuck, I do. I generally do. And that was like, 
that was that moment. I was like, that's really sad. And then it was like, over this time period, it was like, we didn't do anything mind blowing, but it was just becoming more self-aware and looking at those triggers, wasn't it sort of thing. So my thing with coming to you was like, it was mostly down to the root of my anxiety. And I think a lot of it was probably self-pressure and overwhelm. What was kind of like, what did you think coaching me in that sense? What did you think was that like, don't even know what was the, what was the big blocker for me? Well, <clears throat> I think you'd identified, okay, I'm feeling this anxious feeling. What's that about? And often that's just the crumb that takes you down the path. You kind of get that. Oh, okay. Yeah. This, this feeling does bother me quite a lot. Oh, okay. Okay. And it starts to build a little bit. And you, as you mentioned, it's been getting slightly worse, slightly worse, slightly worse, slightly worse. And then you go through the questionnaire and you start asking these questions and they're hard questions. And then you are like, Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, what's this about? And you kind of, my job is to pace you through these, through these. Because if I said to you, hey, dude, um, guess what? I can tell you're anxious and you don't like yourself. You, particularly as men, will probably go, fuck you, dude. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not true. Or, okay, I'm a bit anxious, but I love myself. What are you talking about? So you kind of have to guide someone through that. Um, and I've also made it very clear to you that I'm not here to fix you because you're not broken. All you're doing, all I'm doing is I'm helping you. I'm the tour guide to your own mind to help you rewire your own brain. And I think that takes the pressure off a little bit um, mm. because often I get people come into a session and I say often, not that often at all, probably one in 10 new clients come in and they're like, right, fix me. They don't actually, sometimes I don't, I've had one client say, okay, how can you fix me? But you do get that. And I, I'm not here to fix anyone. If you think about a doctor, somebody scrapes their arm, all the doctor does is create the conditions for the body to heal itself. So all he does is he just takes out all the stones, disinfects the cut, puts a bandage around it and says, off you go. And he allows you to heal yourself. And it's the same thing. Um, so I guess when you first come along and you started going, wow, well, I kind of feel like this, kind of feel like that, struggling to switch off, struggling to have a life outside of work. And I'm very, very hyper-focused. And most high performers are obsessive. You see something like, yeah, of course, I want to go after that. And you're background as an athlete which I resonated with a lot as well um I know that once you once you've got the blinkers on you're gonna go 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 and that's it and you're gonna be doing a very disciplined way a very methodical way but you're not necessarily gonna take time out for yourself and often what's driving a lot of this behavior will be stuff like anxiety it's anxiety to perform to get shit done to keep going whether it's social anxiety whether it's something else so it was really obvious is that, okay, well, if we can minimize that anxious feeling, I suspect your ability to go out and have time and relax and go out and see other people and, and restructure your lifestyle a little bit is going to become much, much easier. And if that happens, you're then going to become more creative and then you're going to have more energy and then you're going to do more quality work. And then all of a sudden, the work that you do in those short, short hours is so much better. So your output is higher. Guess what? You have more time to relax. And then and it's this, it's this cycle and you can either keep going and going and going until you burn out because the anxiety and the stress and the pressure has been going too much. We go the other way and you let go of that emotion or if at the very least be able to control it, then it starts to go <clears throat> the other spiral effect of, okay, I'm more calm, I have more clarity, I'm more relaxed, which means I can be more creative, which means that my quality of work is going up and it just goes from there. So for me, we're working with you, it was really obvious. It was, okay, this anxiety thing is clearly getting in the way. 
not in terms of your output because your output was high but it was getting in the way of you being able to relax and you being able to have fun outside of work so a shift in that the i mean you tell me how what have the outfits been since then those yeah so then i think the nice thing about it is that actually like i would never i haven't said i've had anxiety since or like had anxiety since i've seen you i've i've potentially it's situations have come up where it's like oh i can feel that when you told me to explain your your anxiety where does it sit where does it feel what does it look like what color what shape and all that sort of stuff i started to picture that when it started to come so i was like oh okay cool so it's coming whatever it is it's coming and then you gave me the tools to be like cool push it away so yeah potentially i did have kind of like little flutters of it but then i had the skills to just kind of drive it away and all it came down to is we know everything we know we know exactly the problem we just need to be asked the right questions so even now sometimes i'm like i can hear your voice like the biggest thing for me was they're doing that that one meditation session as well that was crazy because it was like what 45 minutes just pure closing your eyes that timeline and backtracking sort of thing and sometimes it felt like trick questions almost and it was like are you sure that's where it was and you're like oh was it and then you're like yeah that is but it's just being like ask the right questions every time so the root of my anxiety was i remember like that crossroads in london everything like that i could feel it even like just sitting there with my eyes closed i could feel it build and things like that um so kind of going back to it it was like no i don't think i don't think i've had kind of like anxiety potentially since seeing no not at all um it's just been now i have the skills now to be like just drive it away a bit like anything if someone wants to drop body fat we don't do anything crazy like we just produce a calorie deficit and we use intermittent fasting we use all these different tools to be like in a way to get there and that's pretty much all you've done as well that's literally it well that's it and if you think about that timeline session for a minute there's such a fascinating way of doing change because a lot of counseling you'll talk about these moments and be like yeah well and then how did that make you feel and then we feel like this and like, okay great and then it kind of for some people it's really good because they need to go at a very slow pace they need to take months maybe even years of just slowly working through that but at tmp we only really work with ambitious humans ambitious overachievers and high performers and these people are often impatient <laughs> if i go now they're like right okay i don't care how hard it is and it is a little bit harder doing it the the way in which we use timeline and uh, cognitive hypnotherapy and things like that but it allows you to your subconscious we essentially give it a roadmap for it to go back to the place where it knows the anxiety comes from and then by going there going back there and having that conversation with your younger self and basically passing on the learnings you know not to be true now back internally we think about the subconscious mind as the software and that memory is a line of code or it's a file you can go back to that memory and update it so then when all the stimulus comes in when it's running that line of code instead of it saying feel anxious in these scenarios it's oh it's okay no we don't need to feel anxious and then it starts running different lines of code and we identified with you your solution state and it was understanding okay well what do you want to feel instead is it calm is it confident is it clarity whatever it was and by understanding that you can then run that line of code instead yeah no that's it and then also i think obviously the world we live in now it's very easy i it's i like what is it people call it imposter syndrome and stuff like that like 
I love how oh, it's okay. like a syndrome now. Like it's it's a diagnosed problem. <laughs> like everything's um, a syndrome. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So, and I think that's the I think that's what probably a lot of people face, even without realizing. Like because our we're absorbing all this information and we think we should be achieving X, Y, and Z sort of thing, but why aren't we sort of thing? So it's very, I think the nicest thing as well, it's been, because we did touch on that quite a lot, because obviously coming yourself as literally like a pro boxer, myself from a sporting background, it's like, you're always comparing yourself to what you were. And this could be like to anyone, if you were in shape six months ago, I was healthier, but lockdown made me gain weight, whatever it was, you compare yourself to them. And it's a massive thing. Even people going back into the gyms now, like, oh, I'm so much weaker and things like that. What would you kind of, in a sense, how would you, if someone came to you with kind of that imposter syndrome, what would be your first approach or first couple of questions to someone? Yeah, for sure. So imposter syndrome is a bit of a wider, a bit of a wider issue, so to speak, insofar as everybody will have different reasons as to why they feel like an imposter. But the root cause is quite interesting because it generally comes back to the same thing. And this is the common human neurosis and anyone that denies that they've never, ever felt like everyone, anyone that says they have never felt like this is denying it, but the common human neurosis is, or maybe they're just not conscious of it is we're all afraid of not being good enough. And we're all afraid of not being lovable. They're the two things really that everybody's afraid of. If we think about imposter syndrome, really what's being driven there is obviously the fear of not being good enough, the fear of, shouldn't be here or I got lucky or even when you achieve it's like yeah but I, you know I, I got lucky you probably had events or I definitely did I'd win fights and I boxed brilliantly and everybody and I look back now and I think that was a almost punch perfect uh, performance yet I still didn't feel like I did good enough I still felt like you know it'd be stupid it'd like I'd, I'd, I'd do the whole I'd execute the whole plan and everybody like, that was amazing you won every round brilliant Oh, yeah, but I was dropping my jab. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, I was, I was, my, my jab is, is coming back. It wasn't coming back to my face. It was coming back down to my, my chest. And, I, and I, I got caught with a couple of right hands. Like, hey, you got caught with like, what, three right hands versus 20 of your right hands. Like, wh what are you talking about? And, and, it, and it was just that never feeling good enough. And it's like, oh, God's sake. And I actually think, so I got onto the England team, but I couldn't make Team GB. I wasn't good enough. I do think my biggest blocker was mindset. I think if I had my, if I had the mindset I had today, which is I have nothing to lose, everything's a learning experience. I, I sit in so much abundance and gratitude and which recognize how fortunate I am in everything. And if you look here, on here, it says that's my, that's vision, that's do this. And then this is gratitude. It doesn't matter what's going on. We can always be grateful. And on, on that list, we've got, Family, friends, health, shelter, food, water, clothes, mission, freedom, education, support, mentors, the basics, helping others, meaning the sun. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, do we don't need much? We don't need much more, you know? And um, do you know what? I think you, you kind of nailed it because anyone that watches this has probably 95, 99.9% .9 of that list you just labeled. And sometimes you do just have to take a step back and be like, probably for me and you as well, like we've, we've come out to Dubai, whatever it is, and was like, oh, you, you're living the lifestyle and things like that. But actually like nothing's changed. And even more so now, I think I'm more grateful now and I'm in a sense more minimalistic now. 
and things like that. Like actually it just because a destination thinks, oh, that's it, like that's defined you, it generally doesn't. And I think that's that whole imposter syndrome as well. It's like, it comes down to that inner self-awareness and confidence in yourself and the belief in yourself that actually you're not, you're not hundred percent. I'm not going to say connected into yourself, but it's amazing how people don't believe in themselves. And self-belief is that, that factor that's just, it, if, you, if you don't believe in yourself, it's that typical thing, you're, that's it, you've lost already sort of thing. So it's how, how would you build up self-belief? Because I like, for me, I'm like, oh, that's a hard one. How would you, if someone came to you saying, dude, like, I just, I just, I just can't, I just fucking don't believe myself, I don't believe I can. How would you, what's, how would you approach that sort of thing? Yeah, so I would, um, this, is always, this is actually a fun project always because, uh, let's say you said, I, I don't ever believe myself. Okay. As, have you always ever not believed in yourself? Always. I've never, ever believed in myself. Okay. Um, can you talk me, talk me through something you've done in the past where you, that you enjoyed? I'd be like, oh, I don't know. I played Xbox as a kid. Okay, great. Were you good at Xbox? Yeah, pretty good. Okay. And, and let's go back to a memory where you were feeling really good. You got any particular games you used to play? Yeah, I used to play Call of Duty and I was world ranked. He was world ranked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in like the top 500. Amazing. Okay. And how did you feel when you were playing Call of Duty? Oh, instantly my energy was up. I was like, yeah, you, you've just sat up. I'm like, where would you point in your body as to where you feel that self-belief and confidence? Ah, oh, it's right in my chest. My chest opens up. And I was like, and how, how are you breathing in those moments? Oh, well, I'm just more relaxed and more calm. And what, what is that feeling? Is it heavy or is it light? No, it's a light feeling. Okay. Is there pressure? No pressure. Okay, great. And what are you thinking to yourself at the time? Oh, well, I'm just, I'm just not. I'm just in flow state. Brilliant. And uh, how do you know you're in flow state? Well, I'm just not thinking, I'm just doing and, and time distorts and, and you, you kind of just get them in touch with those inner resources of when they did believe in themselves. They kind of, you just kind of see them and, and, and you just have to let them sit in it for a bit because they might not have sat there for a while. And then you just go, brilliant. So just keep your eyes shut and just visualize going into your body, everything you can see, everything you can hear, everything you can touch, everything you can feel, but you're thinking to yourself. And they just get re they, they go back into that and then they come out and then they're like, I was like, so you do know how to believe in yourself. Okay, yeah, I do know how to believe in myself. Okay. And that's just one of the things. And I would often say, think back to when you did, when you did have that self-belief and then we can analyze that. Okay, what did you have going on? Well, I was progressing. Do you feel like you're progressing now? No. Okay. Well, can we accept that this session is a small progression? Yeah, well, yeah, we can. Okay, brilliant. You just have to map out those tiny little baby steps because when somebody's trying to do something great and trying to go and build something, it is literally just those little steps where they get better and get better and get better. And you've probably seen it with some of your clients. You know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a naturally a skinny dude <laughs> and I've always believed, you know what, I, I could never put on muscle really just because I'm an ectomorph and, and we're, we're not meant to grow. And then uh, I started working with, uh, one of my best mates, Lee Calvert. And I was like, yeah, what do I do? How do I, how do I do this? Because I just train like this and, and try and eat this. And I went, okay. I kept doing it and not much was happening. And then uh, he's like, have you taken any progress pictures since the first one? I said, no. And he was like, I'll take some pictures. I'll take some pictures. And I was like, wow, there is a progression. It's a little progression, but it's a progression. So then I was more motivated to go back. And again, it's like building those baby steps and building momentum is one way. And, you know, we, I didn't, I don't have to go compete. I don't have to be this, I don't, I don't have to be this monster, but I think just building on those baby steps and recognizing, well, I did this with boxing, 
and I managed to get pretty good. And I, you know, I've done this in business or in software sales where you sort of start small and you kind of grow and you grow and you grow and you grow. So I would always say, start with the baby steps. And then another thing is, I only really care about as long as I was better than I was. This sounds so cliche and lame, but as long as I was better than I was yesterday. And I mean, literally yesterday. So like this coronavirus I've had, I could only do six press-ups um, last week without getting out of breath. I do six and then I'll, I'll go, normally I can do 30 to 40. So like that was quite demoralizing a little bit. I was like, fuck, wow. And then I went, ah, oh, great. It's an opportunity for me to kind of build up again. And I can go through that progress and I can actually just look at the, the, the growth day to day. So then the next day I did seven and then I did eight and then I did 10 and then I did 12 and now I can do 15. And it's like falling in love with the progression, even though I'm no way near where I used to be. If you look at my, my cardiovascular fitness when I was boxing, I do like two rounds on a bag, three minutes and I am exhausted. I don't have the same snap. That's fine because the day before, Kieran, not five years ago when I was training full time, but Kieran yesterday, did I hit a little bit harder, it was a little bit faster, and did I get more done? Yeah, okay, I can, you can deal with that. And you just need to start kind of shut out all of the noise and all of the context and all of the, oh yeah, but I used to be able to deadlift this much or I used to diet like this and I don't diet like that anymore. It's, it's fine, you're not that person right now. You've evolved into something different. And if you don't like what you've evolved into, then you have to make the conscious choice to go, okay, well, I'm only competing with myself from yesterday. You just start really, really small. That's, that's why I would say just tiny, tiny, tiny steps. And as somebody starts to achieve one little thing, then they start to achieve something slightly bigger, then it goes slightly bigger, and then their confidence starts to grow. And next thing you know, they're like, oh, God, I didn't even know I could feel like this. I haven't felt like this since I used to play Xbox when I was a kid. There you go. Yeah, there you go. And mate, that's, that's literally it. That's why we call it the 1% podcast. It is that 1% every day. And I think that's the hardest thing to, probably for yourself as well, it's the hardest thing to almost get people to comprehend. I'm like, I'll have a client turn around to be like, I struggled with this, this, and this. But I'm like, you're only focusing on those negatives, but I've seen six positives in this week. So it's like, if you, like you say, you can relate it to training. So it's like, if you did 100 kilos for 10 reps sort of thing, and you stayed with 100 kilos, but you improved and you did 11 reps the next week. I'm like, that's literally, that's, that's all that matters. I'm like, you are getting strong. You are building muscle. You are dropping body fat, whatever that is. And I think that's, it's a very hard thing for people to understand. It is that 1% every day, very probably myself and you included. Sometimes you're like, I just want to go from, I want to scale 10% in a day. You're like, yeah, but if you did that, you you would explode. Like if someone said, if you're like, if a business grew 10% in a day, they wouldn't be able to handle it because they're not ready to handle it. So that's why it is about all those small gradual markers. And it's, it's, a, it's a very, how would you kind of get someone to think, because I, I struggle with this sometimes with clients and like the small wins, how do you keep people ticking over, ticking over, running with that momentum? Oh, really simple. Um, <clears throat> at the end of every day, get them to write down uh, three gifts of every day. I think you, you started doing that, right? So it's like, yeah. what three little moments happened? Maybe you had a phone call with your mum because you haven't spoken to her in a while. That's a gift. Fuck yeah, how lovely is that? How, how amazing. Um, maybe you have an amazing sandwich. You're like, wow, this is so... So over here, obviously, um, we, bacon's really hard to come by. And when you do come across bacon, it's like, 
seven quid a packet. And uh, <laughs> I, I like the old school British bacon. So I go to Waitrose and I get the, the proper back bacon, right? And that's, that's, a, <laughs> that's a luxury because there's not a lot of it about. So I'll have that. And then I'll write that at the end of the day. You know what? I had a bacon baguette and I had the perfect amount of butter in there. <laughs> And I, and I age I age regressed when I was about 12 and it had just been raining on a Sunday afternoon and I'm sat and uh maybe Arsenal playing on the TV mum's making a roast dinner on the afternoon my dad's there he's reading he's reading the sun <laughs> I'm eating this bacon sandwich and, and it's just a little moment of joy right so then I write that down okay so uh it's been my mum for the first time in ages had a great bacon sandwich and um I had a nice gym session and straight away it's like oh god I'm so grateful for that and yeah. then after you write down what small I, I just put wins because for me i don't really differentiate a small win and a big win as much I, I as high performers we don't often celebrate the wins we're yeah. often very quick to look, talk about how we can improve we often very rarely go ah oh, yeah but but i got to like one percent faster or for a business it might be okay there was a 10 percent uptick in inquiries this week or whatever or even one percent and we often get so focused on what we don't want, we often forget on how we are doing well. So the, the second thing to write down is what wins did you have that day? And it can be as tiny as, you know, I, I smashed a client program today. And uh, it could be, I don't know, I, I went training when I didn't feel like I wanted to train. That's a win, you celebrate that. And then you, and then you have something called the reticular activating system in the brain. and Think about whenever you go to buy a car, for example, or anything that you've got your eye on, maybe an iPhone or what. And as you're looking at it, whether you just buy, you've just bought it or you're thinking about it, you start to see it everywhere. And you're like, oh my God, everybody's got this car. Everybody's got their jacket. Everybody's got this phone. What the hell? Uh, and that's because your brain has been made aware of it. So then it starts to spot it. And it is a muscle. Gratitude is a muscle by exercising that it gets stronger so then the more gratitude you have the more you recognize how good we actually will have it like just anyone listening to this podcast i can almost guarantee has so much abundance in their life they might not necessarily feel like it and the world has changed but just having somewhere to sleep food water clothes uh, devices to access this this conversation we're having it's incredible so by building that muscle that helps and then just writing down every tiny little win what's going on and and they don't have to always be huge and sometimes you have to really think sometimes you'd have you'll be like i don't have any wins today and i often this is, i do this every single day and i challenge myself and i'm like okay but, but I, I don't feel like i've had any wins but if i did what if what if this was one of my so sometimes i mentee young people and uh, i help them so what if they come up to me and this is an amazing tool, by the way, which we'll go into in a moment. But if they come up to me and they said, oh, I don't feel like I've got any wins today. And I and they'd had the same day that I had. What would I point out as their wins? And that's the art of self-coaching. You can coach yourself and just mentor a young person and just imagine that they've come to you the same scenario, the same day, the same issues, the same challenges, and just advise them. What would you advise them? And then take that advice. Like That's like dude, that's gold. Like that, that can be life-changing for some people. So getting those wins written down, you start to build up momentum and you start to realize actually, you know what? I am winning. 1% better than yesterday is a win. That's great. Cause that, and that'll build and that'll build and that'll build and that'll build. So um, that's what I'd say. And then the third thing, if you want to write down what lucky things happened that day, what things where, 
and sometimes there won't be much could just be i woke up alive great we'll take that um but sometimes it'll be like you know what actually uh i was just walking down the street and somebody says hey they recognize me and they introduce me to someone and or it could just be like yesterday for example i was walking around the marina i saw you and said hey there's a nice big hello that was a lucky thing um so like there's lots so those three things if you write them down every day it's just drilling your mind to understand okay you know what i am winning and i am lucky to be here and i am grateful for these things you do those three things every day and nothing else you'll already start to see a shift after one week two weeks three weeks four weeks five weeks and as it goes and you build that momentum and you build that you almost become bulletproof like nothing really do i still get stressed of course do i still get overwhelmed of course but i have everything in perspective where i'm actually you know what i live in a world of abundance and i'm lucky to have all of these things and here are some of my recent wins and here are the lucky things that are happening to me they're all around us we just don't train our minds to focus on them no that's it and it's like i've, I've started doing i've started doing the wins and the grateful stuff in the morning as well so i'll do three wins kind of in the, in the evening as well and then i'll do the wins in the morning as well with some grateful stuff and I think it's a nice way just to set yourself up for the day. So a lot of time we can wake up and straight away we're reacting to the world. So if you check your phone, you've got messages, and if you, you go on your emails, straight away you're reacting to the world and actually just take 10 minutes in the morning just to focus on you and set yourself up for a successful day in a sense is amazing. And then I like writing down kind of just the evening ones because I'm like, it allows me to calm and be like, again, like I've had a good day. I've had a good day. Like eliminate, cool, the world might crash down on me, but regardless of that, something positive's come out today, no matter what. And even seeing those negatives, I'm like, cool, you can see them as negatives, but how can we see that as a positive? How can we transfer that? It's like, okay, I shouldn't have bought this or I shouldn't have spoke to this, but whatever it is sort of thing. And just flip that on its head because we're very easy to just be like negative, negative, drag into it and again i think it's like you said it's a time thing it's that one percent it's like taking time to change that mentality isn't it it's just becoming more self-aware and it's it's a it's a massive task i think if anyone like regardless anyone should speak to someone like you 100 because it's you're never i promise you you'll never ask those questions about yourself because you don't want to it's not nice you don't want to get out of that comfort zone to ask those questions some of the questions you ask me, just it could just be anything. You're just like, I just don't know how to answer that because no one's asked me that ever. And they're quite like, oh, they hit there, they hit deep. And you're like, Jesus, how do I like, sometimes it's like, I remember you sent um, some of the homework was like, what your parents don't like about you and things like that. <laughs> and you know when you like. That oh, one's a such always. You're like, whoa. Yeah, that's wow. it. But it's amazing how you answer them as well. And you mm. asked them very truthfully. And it was like, yeah, it was, it was phenomenal. Like, I, I like, so that was quite a deep question for me. So I was like, it was, what, what don't your parents like about your mum and dad, right? So I remember putting down for my mum, I actually put down that, I think because she was kind of like a single mum, I took all my, maybe angus, like whatever my feelings, I always took it out on her. So I always felt like I was kind of attacking her all the time. When I wasn't, I just didn't have a different, I didn't have an outlet of anyone else. I just had her. So when I was sad, angry, pissed off, whatever it is, I just let it out on her. And looking back, I'm like, I, I was like, I'm sorry. Do you know what I mean? It was like, I felt like, can you imagine someone 
for 20, even 25 years now, I still do it. Um, being like letting your outlet on someone. And then it was like my dad, I was like, oh, like we don't have the closest connection in the world. And it was like, probably what he didn't like about me is that actually I was very close to my mom. That actually I did prefer her in a sense. Like I had a more favorite parent and things like that. And it was, it was, it was some of the questions, honestly, like very simple questions though, right? Very simple questions. But when would you ever ask that about yourself? What don't my parents like about me? I'm like, that's deep. The simple questions are hard questions. You know, if you look at true genius, true genius is simplicity. And I'm not being, a, I'm not claiming to be a genius, by the way. Uh, I learned these questions through, uh, whether it's various qualifications or uh, just having world-class mentors that have been there, they've done it, and they know what questions to ask to cut through the noise. But um, this guy called Trevor Sylvester, he founded Quest Cognitive Hypnotherapy. Very, very knowledgeable dude. Uh, he's done it over 20, 30 years. Um, he wrote a book called the question is the answer and it's true because that is where a lot of the answers come from and if i ask you a question and it gives you that that mindset shift that paradigm shift of oh oh i never i never made that connection oh and I, I never thought of that but the other thing you've got to consider and i would say to anyone on this uh listening to this podcast even if it's not tmp or me like it, there's so many people to go out and, and speak to, but the reason you were able to have the conversations that we had, and you were very open, you're very honest. And then, in fact, before I say my bit, you tell me what makes you think that you were able to do that. I want to be able to kind of make that open up and answer those questions. I think a lot's changed in the last year of just me just generally getting to know what I need. And it got to the stage where I very much want to take myself from here to here. Mm -hmm. So something needs to change. And I know that's within myself. And I know that I needed to, I know that I shouldn't have been feeling anxious all the time. I know I, sh this, it's, I, shouldn't, I should have more control in a sense. Why do I feel like this is on top of me? I feel overwhelmed and things like that. I needed to, I needed to talk to someone, man. Like that was literally it. I needed an outlet. Um, and yeah, I needed kind of like, I think I was like, right, I need something. I need a bit of like a solution, right? Sort of thing. I need to be like, what's, why am I feeling like this? And the only way to do that, I think sometimes it might take years. It might take a couple of weeks, but something in your head will just go boom. And you're like, I need to take action and change. That's it. So sometimes you just got to, <laughs> grab your nuts or whatever it is and just like just take the leap because taking the leap is the scariest part especially when it comes to the emotional side of things it's like whoa I'm about to go to this guy that I've never really spoke to and let out why I feel pretty naff uh, but as soon as you do you're like that's crazy like that's it like every time every time we caught up and things like that you know, I, I remember like walking back and things like my legs were heavy. I felt tired. But do you know when you felt like I said this to um, I said this to a couple of guys yesterday, like when we speak to you and things like that, you're like, I just feel like you feel super heavy, like you had a big leg day, but also you feel extremely light. It's a weird combination. You feel absolutely like I'm just going to I'm just going to zonk out. But you just like I feel like I could float on water. It was an incredible feeling. Um, and it's like it's almost like when like you say when you're like 
you first go to the gym, you get those newbie gains and things like that. It was almost the same. You're like, I want that feeling again. I want to feel like whatever I felt, I just want to feel that, that lightness, that, that control and things like that. It was amazing. Yeah. Like, but yeah. it's phenomenal. And the amount of people I get messages from that they say, even just messaging you was hard, even just reaching out. Like I, and some people are like, I feel so much less pressure with my shoulders now that I've actually reached out. And I guess I take that for granted because when I first reached out, um, I didn't really have a choice. I being open and honest for a minute, I was suicidal. I had a binge eating disorder uh, and anxiety. Uh, I was in a really bad place. My mum found me in South Bim's uh, car park, shivering and crying, binge eating on sweets and tried to crash my own car. And luckily I didn't. There was this little voice that said, not today. Okay. And I was like, fuck, whoa. So I didn't have a choice. It was like, I either find someone or I'm not going to be here. And I could see how much I was hurting my mum as I didn't leave the house for, I think, two, three weeks after that. And I, and I could see that impact. I didn't quite have the choice because I left it so late and men leave it so late. Men don't raise their hand. And that's why there's two reasons for the majority, I think, of the majority why men kill themselves a lot more than women is, number one, they, they leave it later to raise their hands. And then number two, uh, they're just more aggressive and clinical. So they'll, they'll do it. They'll take themselves over the edge and they'll, and they'll go. So I didn't really have that choice, whereas a lot of other people aren't in that position. So they're kind of, it's not life or death for them, but they are comfortably uncomfortable. Yeah. They are comfortably, oh my God, I know I shouldn't, I should probably go and explore this, but oh, I don't know if I can yet. I don't know if I can, or should I, or shouldn't I? And they kind of get stuck and they kind of go round and round and round and round and round until it gets to that point where it really does get bad. And then they kind of reach out. Um, but think about even the conditions of the session. So what I'd say to anyone is whenever they're looking for someone like me or anyone like that is number one, can you connect with that person? I think that's really important. The only reason I was able to come out of that was I worked with a lady called Hazel Gale, a kickboxing world champion, British boxing champion, lovely, lovely lady. And at the time I was on the England boxing team. So there was that connection. I was like, oh, I understand. Okay, she, she's going to understand me. It doesn't have to be as, as strong as a connection as that. But for me, in my black and white thinking at the time, it was, I'm a fighter. No one will understand fighters. You don't need someone to fully understand your position, by the way. Um, I've got to find another fighter. And guess what? There's not many fighters that go into this field. So I was like, oh, my God, I can't find anyone. And then I, I found one guy, and uh, he was fully booked for like three months. And it was just like, oh, and then I found Hazel and Hazel just changed my life. But the reason she was able to change my life is I could connect with her. I felt safe and you probably felt safe. There's no judgment. It, the conditions that we're creating in those environments are, you can say anything and this is safe and this is confidential. No one else is going to know about anything that we speak about. And this is just for you. So whenever somebody's looking for a therapist a men's performance coach or any type of coach really you got to find somebody that you feel like you can connect with that understands you that you feel safe with that you can trust and you also have to believe in them sometimes we don't believe in ourselves and, and but if you can believe in you go you know what i don't quite believe in myself but i believe that this person can help me that's enough and if you speak to someone and you don't have that that trust or you don't, you don't get that that feeling of Oh no, this person's 
doing what he's doing or what she's doing for the right reasons, then you've got to keep searching. And as painful as that is, particularly if you're in that comfortably uncomfortable position, you've got to ask the right questions. You've got to go, okay, well, how do you work? And, and what is your philosophy around this sort of work? And why do you do what you do? And what is your story? You yeah. just kind of you just interview them a little bit. And once you kind of start to understand, I mean, with you, you'd, you'd probably heard me speaking. You'd probably um, heard some mutual friends that we've got also had worked with me. So you come into those sessions, having seen the results, going, you know what? I like, I know he can, he can do it. He's done it for people I know. I've, I've listened to him speak, and actually, I, I resonate with his message. So for you, it's so easy to sit down in the chair, and I find that a lot of my success comes down to people hear about me, they hear about my reputation. So when they come in to come work with me they already have an expectation that it's going to work. And why do they do that? Through connection. And they do that through connection and trust. So anybody that's looking for someone, make sure that you, you research them, you listen to them, you see whether you've got that trust, that connection, see if you can get a recommendation and, and go from there. And once you're in that position, that's where you can have those conversations. And I can ask those questions of how much do you like this film? Wow. Yeah, sure. Didn't realize actually not that much okay well let's explore that because you can't do that if you go in there and you feel like there's competition like you're competing sometimes you've got to move your own ego out of the way or if uh you go in there and there's just something not quite right you feel it in your gut feel it in your mind feel it in your heart your heart actually has forty thousand neurons you don't quite doesn't quite feel right and guess what you're never ever going to be able to make the have the conversation to make the breakthroughs that you need to so just take that process carefully. But if you find someone and you connect and you think, you know what, this person can help me, then go with it. Because you might, there's a chance where you might slip back into, maybe I don't have to do it right now. Maybe, maybe I can put this off for another six months or a year, or maybe I'll come back to it. If you see that opportunity and you're in a position where actually I, I can do this and I connect with this person, then just get started. Because once you get started, that's it. It's like a plane taking off. But getting the plane to take off, you've got to build the plane, you've got to fuel it, you've got to make sure all the, the, the aisles are all hoovered and everyone sat down, they've got their seatbelts on. But if you're in that position, don't wait. Just go. Yeah. No, that's it. And I think the, the connection thing's massive, isn't it? Like, that's the same thing. Like, you'll probably do the same. Like, you're not going to work with anyone that you can't connect with because you, you're potentially not going to be able to help them. If you there's that barrier and there's the things like, Number one, you're going to waste your money working with me because you're going to try and fight me the whole time. And there's, there's no point. And I think that was the nicest thing that I liked to, what about you. It's like the straight away, we had a connection from sport and things like that. And even then it's like, you've been in the trenches as well. I think in order to do what you love, you've had to be in the trenches and do it. Like you said, like you've had some seriously low times from a sport background, from other personal stuff as well. Like, the reason that you can help people get out of a situation, like, bro, I've been there. I've been there. Like, I know how crappy you feel. So actually, you can get out of it. You really can and things like that. And that's that's a big thing. When you can put, like, it's a typical thing, isn't it? We talk about, like, cheesy lines and all this sort of stuff. I'm like, it's because it's true. It's generally because it's true. It's like when you, when you can put yourself in someone else's shoes and, like, you can feel the ground, you can feel that, that heartbeat that they've had and things like that. Like that's a serious connection, massively, and yeah, it's it's um it's just, it's a, it's a crazy connection, unbelievable connection, without a doubt. And you buy into that mission. So at TMP, we're all about working for high performance because 
spent a long time in high performance environments, whether that's boxing, whether that's building businesses, whether that's working in software sales, where you've got like 21 competitors from all around the world, all undercutting you, all got better product. And it's just so, and you're competing with other people internally and in your own team as well as their team. Like just by having that, being in that, a lot of the clients that come work with me often are they're, they're high performers, they're overachievers, they work incredibly hard, they want to find a way, they're very ambitious. So when they come in and they're like, God, oh, X, Y, and Z, I generally have an idea and a feel as the, you know, I won't know the memory that it comes from. And everybody experiences emotions differently. And part of my job is to take my own bullshit away and go, okay, well, my definition of anxiety and your definition of anxiety might be a bit different. Some people feel it in their chest, others in their stomach. Some people, it's a light thing, it's a very heavy feeling. So I have to distance myself a little bit and, and, and understand, okay, how is this person experiencing that? But just half of it of knowing, okay, they're probably working 80 to 100 hour work weeks and they probably aren't eating properly and they're probably not training properly or they are just going and going and going and going and going and they're afraid a fear of failure or a fear of not being good enough or maybe they're overcompensating for whatever reason i could find all of those things so i i have a general understanding of how what it is to be a high performer then also how to perform without all of that bullshit <laughs> because we, yeah. we often assume that we have to have this pressure and we often assume it's that it's that anxiety it's that stress it's that it's that over crazy sickening work ethic that if we lose that then we can't be successful we can't perform we can't do the things that we want to do and it's this double bind i have as somebody that has cut the umbilical cord so to speak and gone well actually we don't need that anymore that's not going to serve us we can we can still perform we can still have a life that that we want do i work hard yeah i do but am i able to switch off when i need to yeah am i able to remove the pressure of Oh, I've got to do this to prove myself, prove myself to others. I don't feel good enough. I don't feel worthy. I don't care. If I, if I was doing that, I'd probably still be in London um, doing tech, selling software or whatever. I don't, I don't, I don't care for that. You know? yeah. I think that's really the, the holy grail is recognizing, okay, what do I want to do? Why do I want to do it? And then just don't give a fuck what anyone thinks. Go like, you're not, you're not going to go out of your way to hurt people, to be clear. You're not going to go out of your way to, to be a prick, but by not giving a fuck of what other people thinks, it's, well, this is what I believe to be meaningful. This is what I believe to be true. And this is what, how I want to spend my time. And if you think that's lame or if you disagree with that, we can agree to disagree. And we can, we can kind of shake hands and move on. And if we can't shake hands and you can't agree to disagree, then that's your issue, not mine. But I'm going to do what I want. And when you get to that place and you're not doing it for the approval of others and you're not doing it for anything else other than your mission. Our mission at TMP is to help a thousand people with their mental health over by the end of 2023. That for me excites me. Some other people think that's lame. Therapy, mental health. Ugh, I don't want to do that. And I, that's okay. They can think that. I, just, I literally don't care. Um, <laughs> it's like I'm going to do me. And, and the more authentic we can be, the easier life gets. If we do what is hard, life will be easy. But if we do what is easy, life will be hard. And the easy option is always there. Oh, maybe I could maybe I could just go and get another job. You know, maybe I could maybe I could sell mental health tech. Maybe that's a bad <laughs> You know, you can kind of kid yourself a little bit. Second revenue stream was set. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I could do that. You know, maybe I don't have to really do 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 this. Or an actually you go, well, no, 
these are my principles. This is why I do what I do. This is why we do what we do. This is the mission. And you just take away all of that, all of those crutches of not feeling good enough, having to overachieve, having to prove self, having to, you know, scream and shout about every single, look how great I am, look how amazing I am. And then not opening up and actually I'm feeling a bit shit today. People have, people have this expectation of me. They're like, oh, you must always feel amazing all the time. I'm like, no, dude, I'm human. <laughs> I've, got the same, I've got the same hardware and the same software. I have these people too. Just the difference is I have spent, I think I've spent, you know, of those sessions that we did, I think I've done 50, maybe 60, 70 of, of those hour, hours wise. Yeah, that's, that's fucking deep as well. That's, that's, right. that's brutal as well. That's brutal hours of work. <laughs> Right. So by, by spending that time, I understand self. So as soon as a not good enough driver kicks in, I know, ah, oh, okay, I know exactly what that is. Cool. Or if, as soon as a work hard driver kicks in, I know where it comes from and I go, oh, okay, this is my playbook. Or I can choose to ignore it and I can go, you know what, that's my work hard and not feeling good enough driver kicking in. But actually for what I need to get done in the next 12 hours, that's actually useful. I can use that but I'm going to set myself an alarm on my phone and in 12 hours time, I've got to shut off and then that's it. So it's actually using those negative states for peak performance, you know? Nice. That's absolutely brilliant. No, honestly, like I feel like we could just like, we could just go in all day with this, but just do a live 24 hour live on how to like, <laughs> but no, no, mate, honestly, I think we could literally just ramble on for hours with that. But if you could give anyone that one pe- that one tip to go away from to be go- to go that one step forward today. What would kind of what would you give someone to go away with from this podcast? I'm going to give two. I'm going to give a small, easy one that everyone can do no matter what, and then I'm going to give uh, a bigger one, which is much harder. But the people that hear this will go, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm that I'm that person. Um, the first one is just spend five to ten minutes every day just writing down those three things what three gifts happened what are you grateful for and what were your wins if you start doing that that will be enough to just start building up that muscle of gratitude that muscle of winning that muscle of okay yeah things are going well and you you start to do that you'll start to realize how much more you actually are achieving and if you start writing down everything you're grateful for like on that list it's the, ant- it's the antidote to most negativity because it's like, well, I already live in abundance. <laughs> Actually, we've already got so much. So I didn't hit a target or there's a deadline coming up, but it's fine because I'm not going to die and I'm not going to be homeless right away or whatever. Like just having all of that down, you kind of realize, okay, so that, that's the, the first thing. The bigger thing would be, if you're experiencing a lot of negative emotion day to day, if you're experiencing those insecurities, those mind blocks, don't suffer on your own. Don't play the be strong driver. Often high performers are holding everyone else up. CEOs are a classic example. They've got one of my clients has got is responsible for 25,000 people. It's a lot of pressure, right? And then he's got a board of like 10 people, 10 different managing directors all reporting into him who are all responsible for different divisions right it's a lot of pressure but as these people will often hold everything in and they'll go i need to be strong because everyone's looking on top of it this guy's got a family that's looking at him big family so like a lot of people a lot of high performers will hold all of this in they'll play this i'm strong i cannot be weak 
athletes all the time. They, they won't open up. They'll be like, yeah, it's fine. I'll, I'll find a way, whatever. They don't want to show weakness to competitors or anyone else. So you're one of those people where you're holding all of this negative emotion, these glass ceilings, these limiting self-beliefs. You need to look up, to look after everyone else. You've got to look after yourself. You can't pour from a cup that's half empty. Um, so go and have conversations. Just reach out. Ask ask trusted advisors, friends, family. Who do you know that you think that you think could help me? Do your research and and just have that initial conversation. Because from my personal experience, both on the other side of of what what we do and also face to face, like it's just you have one conversation and the whole paradigm and you've experienced this you look back and you go oh that's where that come from and, and that can just allow you to completely change your future and your present um and like you know but we're in the age of zoom 90 percent of my client work is all via zoom yeah. like 100 of all of of case works all via zoom like you don't have to oh but i, I live in you know a little island on the north of on the north of scotland like there's no one on my island no no it's fine in fact i work with simon johnson who's on jersey <laughs> he's literally on an island like yeah. you like you don't have to be so constricted like the world really is your oyster and there's 7.5 billion human beings on the planet there's going to be a few people that know a thing or two that can help you so if you're one of those people then make the loop reach out and just see what happens mate absolute diamond and where can people find you yeah, so uh, there's two places. Um, we've just launched our new website. Uh, it's never complete, but uh, we're getting there. So it's www.totalmentalperformance.com or if you Google Total Mental Performance. The other is uh, if you just go on Instagram and search Total Mental Performance or if you just search TMP, uh, we'll tend to come to the top. So I'd say they're the two two places to, to find us. Yeah, it's cool. No, it's perfect. I'll tag, I'll put both the links in kind of the YouTube and the, the links below anyway, so it's absolutely fine. Mate, absolutely, mate, crazy as always. I literally sit here and I'm just like, you know, you just like, I just feel like we're just like, I'm chilled, I'm relaxed. I just hear that voice. It's absolutely, <laughs> so, but no, honestly, mate, absolute diamond. And honestly, like generally, like, please, like, I'll just like say again, please reach out to someone regardless of who that is and talk to people because like generally it's like, you've given me such simple tools, but it has changed my life. So simple as like, I said, nothing fancy, nothing rocket science, simple questions, the right questions. And it was amazing. So I can't thank you enough, like life-changing stuff. So absolutely amazing, buddy. So appreciate your time, man. Thank you so much. All the best Boom. and catch you later. Easy, bud.